Hello, and welcome to the Allen and Overy podcast. My name is Rose Hall, and I head up business development for our technology group. Joining me today is Jamie Palmer, and he is a corporate partner in our Sydney office, and we're here to talk about data centres. Jamie, we've been seeing a lot of data centre deals across our global practice recently. Can you tell us what's happening in the market that's spurring these levels of activity? Yeah, sure. You're right, Rose. Lots of data centre deals lately. There's a macro trend to an ever-increasing need for capacity to store and process data. This is driven by the shift to digitalization and the connected ways in which we now live. In 2020, the need for digital infrastructure has never been more clear, as we've all been forced by COVID-19 to work from home and to conduct much of our lives from shopping to seeing the doctor virtually. But it's not quite as simple as saying we are generating, storing and processing more data. We're also using applications which are increasingly bandwidth-intensive and more sensitive to latency. What that means is not only do we need greater processing and storage capacity, we also require networks that manage these more sophisticated requirements of bandwidth and latency. So not only is there a need for large campuses, there is also a need to deploy distributed networks or use edge computing. This demand is driving a wide range of transactional activity. Who is active? The key data center operators divide into two groups. First, there are the hyperscalers. These are largely the giant tech companies like Google, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, Alibaba, and Tencent. They continue to build campuses across the globe, typically to suit their own needs. And secondly, Rose, there are the independent neutral host data center operators, also known as co-location or multi-tenant operators, who build, acquire, manage, and operate data centers for use by their customers across the globe. And so that's the operator groups. What about who's investing? Well, first of all, many of the operators are engaged in M&A and other forms of commercial transactions as a means of pushing forward expansion plans. But then we're also seeing a wide range of funds active in the market. We've seen PE funds invest heavily, as well as dedicated real estate and infrastructure funds, alongside sovereign wealth funds and pension funds. And what are the investors looking for in this market? What should they be aware of? Plenty to be wary of, um, but what we're seeing is what I describe as a re-evaluation of what constitutes core and core plus infrastructure assets. Traditionally, core infrastructure assets constituted water and power networks, delivering predictable, long-term index-linked returns. Now, new kinds of assets that replicate these reliable returns are being added to the core category. Increasingly, the view is that data centres and associated network infrastructure, although not monopolistic in nature, do share some of the qualities of utility businesses. The pandemic has provided proof that these digital assets have not only become an indispensable part of modern life, but are also resilient to the types of disruption caused by COVID-19. But these are often complex deals requiring multidisciplinary skills across real estate, infrastructure, technology, data, and finance. There may be a very different set of considerations from those that typical infrastructure investors are used to. And relationships between investor and operator can be quite different to those that infrastructure investors are used to as well. For example, while a sovereign wealth fund may be quite hands-off when it comes to ongoing management, an investor focused on data centres or other forms of connectivity infrastructure may want to play an active role. Tell me a bit more about the types of deals you're seeing in the market and the possible risks for the parties. Well, Rose, there's quite a range of deal types and quite a range of risks too. First, there are the continued greenfield developments by the hyperscale players including big cloud providers adding network nodes into their existing infrastructure to get the public cloud geographically closer to the users that need it. Here, the risk is primarily build risk, 
Can it be built to deadline? Does the site have the appropriate consents and permits when it comes to all important issues like power? And is the demand going to be there when the site is ready? Second, there are buy and build type deals where funds are looking to gain entry into the market by investing in multiple data centres within a region, often by buying an existing operator or partnering with an existing operator. The risks here are M&A type risks, as well as risks around realising further growth. Third, there is investment in existing but underutilised data centres, where the owner is looking to monetize spare capacity by bringing in new partners. Here, one of the key risks is the exposure to having ongoing unlet infrastructure or under-occupancy of the site. And the final category rows of deals that I would mention are the purely financial-led models, where funds are investing in data centre portfolios or wider digital infrastructure assets and finding a pathway to follow their money by deploying for the capital as the portfolios grow. Thanks, Jamie. So are there more general considerations that parties should think about when they're doing data centre deals? Yeah, there are a bunch of general considerations to keep in mind. Examples include technology risks like obsolescence, foreign investment and data regulation laws, where the growth might be constrained by regulatory or other factors, issues of competition and oversupply in the market. There are also other risks of operating in an environment where customer contracts are shorter than for typical infrastructure assets. ESG factors are also increasingly a consideration. Data centres are notoriously energy hungry, so there is a question as to whether operators can make the investment more palatable for investors by committing to use green energy or otherwise offsetting the carbon they produce. My final observation, Rose, would be that while this is still a rapidly growing industry, it's one that is maturing. What that means is for advisors like me, we've seen enough deals to be able to have good benchmarks and markers of best practice and to really understand where the value lies for our clients as much as understand the risks. Thanks so much, Jamie. That's been really interesting. Thanks, Rose. A pleasure.